Yo, what up? Top of the top, episode 84, Stash House Podcast. This week's topics include my predictions on the upcoming NBA season. Also, new music from J. Cole, Currency, and Harry Fraud. And my thoughts on the DMS Snoop Dogg battle last week, Legendary Night. That, plus a little bit more, man. So sit back, relax, enjoy episode 84, Stash House Podcast. Salute. Hey, what it do, man? Episode 84, Stash House Podcast. Your boy Tyler checking in. Your first time listening. Appreciate you for tuning in. If you're tuning in weekly, shout out to you. And it's an episode you just saw some topics you may want to hear about. Salute to you also. Like, share, subscribe, retweet. Whatever you do to help support the podcast, I greatly, <clears throat> excuse me, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Be sure to follow the podcast, Facebook page, Instagram page, and Twitter page. Stash House Podcast, Stash House Pod on Twitter. Follow my personal pages, All Star Marty. My personal name on Facebook, if you know my personal name. Appreciate all the love and support, man. Hope everybody had a great week last week, great weekend. Uh, salute to all the parents with their kids going back to school in a couple weeks or virtual learning. I know that was a headache to decide whether you want your kid to be homeschooled, learn virtually. Or, you know what I'm saying, just take that risk and send them to school. But all wells end well, man. Um, I know Russell County, they had a certain percentage of students who could do virtual learning. And I think last week they they reached that percentage. So parents who didn't pick yet, I think they have to send their kid to school now. And I think Muskogee County still has the option. You can still pick which one you want to do. So just pray about the parents, man. I'm sure you're going to make the best decision for you and your children and or child in that process. Uh, over the weekend, man, um, yeah, I'm going to start with the this past weekend. I finally went out to eat, man. This is my first time going out to eat since all this, the pandemic, quarantine and everything. Me and the fellas went to Mr. Wings. And uh, it seemed like in the area, bruh, the only place is like, of course, you got like different spots downtown that's open. But for the most part, I've seen people go to Mr. Wings, Longhorn Steakhouse, and uh, it was another one. It just I just had it in my head too. Uh, juicy seafood, juicy juicy crab, juicy seafood. Oh, they're about cheddars. Those are like the only three places I've seen people going. So I'm not sure how many restaurants in Columbus are you know what I'm saying abiding by social distancing if you dine in. But I know for a fact, Mr. Wing, they got it set up perfectly. Uh, you can sit anywhere. Of course, some places are closed. You know, they want to have everybody spaced out. But it's a very open space. You know, they got booths and they got the bar and everything. Very spaced out. Very, uh, they follow all the safety guidelines. So, Mr. Wings, definitely get my approval. I plan on going to Longhorn because I see everybody. I like, that got to be like the number one popping place in the city right now. Longhorn Steakhouse. Everybody been going. Everybody been tagging the location on their snaps and everything. So, I definitely got to check out Longhorn. So it was definitely good to get out, man, this past weekend. Finally go out to eat, sit down, order a drink, eat food. And they had the televisions with the basketball games and everything. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But sports and everything, playing on the TV, great, great feeling. For this weekend, though, man, your boy birthday this weekend, 27 years old. I've already got it. Uh, organized. I already know I'm going to get the text. I've been getting these text messages and all this for the past 10 years at least. Oh my God, I didn't know you were so young. I always thought you were older. Woot de woot. My response is always, yeah, man. <laughs> like, male or female. I'm like, yeah, man. Just 27. Appreciate it, though. So this weekend, my birthday, of course, with everything going on in the world, I'm very limited to what I can do. I plan on just probably filling up the gas tank and just letting the road be my guide. And wherever I end up, make sure I do probably a little shopping just because I haven't shopped in a while. And, of course, grab a bite to eat so I can eat and have a good little drink. Just get out and about a little bit, man. It's been a minute. Like I said, this past weekend, I just went out to eat. So, hope all everybody had a great weekend, though. And, of course... The running joke on this podcast for the past year has been last year, my birthday, when I lost my phone. I can guarantee you guys that's not going to happen this year. That's not going to be a birthday ritual or nothing like that. 
I'm not losing my phone again, bro. So don't even don't even think that's going to be the oh last year you lost your phone you're going to do it, fam. No, but after months and months and months, like I said, I just went out to eat. Also, after months and months, I'm proud to announce on the podcast we finally have sports back, bro. Finally, with all the pandemic and Sports shut down. The, you know, the NBA was the first, I believe, to really have the domino effect on everybody. Once the NBA shut down, that's when really everything really just started to fold and quarantine and all that started happening. But finally, we finally have sports back. The MLB baseball games, they returned. I think they had like 12 games on yesterday. The WNBA has returned. Shout out to the... Uh, NBA players and other athletes, they was wearing like an orange hoodie with the WNBA logo on the front showing support for the WNBA. And the NBA had been doing scrimmages and all that. And I think Thursday, Thursday, tip-off start of the quote-unquote season. It's hard for me to just call this a season because not only how the games are being played, but during the time of the year they're being played. But Nonetheless, NBA games back on Thursday. Um, and when I was at Mr. Wings, it was my actually, it was actually my first time seeing like the Orlando courts and all that, how the camera angles, no fans and everything. And for me, it was perfect. Like I'm not tripping at all about no fans and how the how how it's being played. I guess the only um, critique anybody could have is probably the floor spacing. It's probably different there than it is in the arenas, but I mean, I'm still at the crib nonetheless. So it looked enjoyable to me. Give me like how the G League is, how they have the tournaments in the G League. Real deal, like on some 2K type shit also for me. So I'm cool with it. Like that's not going to be an issue at all for me. Like as long as the gameplay is good, like the players are playing good, uh, nobody's looking sluggish, out of shape. I'm cool with it. Shit, we ain't been without the we've been without the NBA since February, March. And normally we would have had the, we would have had the playoffs by now, the NBA finals, drafts, everything, and just the way all this virtual play been going on with the draft and everything. I'm happy, man. I am very, very happy. They have different camera angles for the Orlando games also. So all in all, it shouldn't be a struggle for anybody to watch it, especially if you're a fan of the NBA or sports in general. The no fans, like even I watched, um, I watched the Braves and the Mets game on Sunday just because I haven't watched a single ounce of sports. I feel like in forever, like they had the cardboard faces, <laughs> like it's kind of funny. They had the cardboard faces like behind the mound, and of course when they hit like a home run or something, you see there's no fans in the in the crowd. I think they have, like, a music or speaker playing crowd noise. But to me, man, it's like, okay, cool. They, they're they there doing their job playing, and we're doing our job watching at the house. Of course, it's a lot different when you actually attend the games. But, man, I'm cool with watching it at home and being no fans. It's perfect for me. I'm not tripping at all. And in the NBA, before I get to predictions and everything, Russell Westbrook, he had to be quarantined for a few days because he uh was tested positive for the coronavirus. Luckily, he's doing well now. I think he's back playing. And Lou Williams, man. <laughs> Lou Williams from the Los Angeles Clippers, one of the greatest six men ever in the NBA. He's quarantining now for 10 days <laughs> because I guess he left Orlando. <laughs> he's like... Of course, Lou Williams would do this. He left Orlando. He's not supposed to leave the bubble. He left Orlando, went to Atlanta, and ate dinner at Magic City. <laughs> he ate dinner at Magic City in Atlanta. And they saying he's going to be quarantined for 10 days, and he's going to miss the first two seeding games. Like I say, Lou Williams one of the greatest six men ever. And his response was, I guess on Twitter, he was like, yo, man, just leave it alone. Just enjoy the memes. Basically, what I took from that is, man, y'all know what the vibe is, man. I had to go. I've been stuck. We've been quarantined all year. I come to Orlando. 
ready to play basketball. Y'all got me in the middle tier college dorm room, damn near. You damn right about to go to Atlanta and go to Magic City just to eat dinner. Y'all, it's a reason why Drake, on Drake's uh, album, if you're reading this, it's too late. The song Six Man is dedicated to Lou Williams, saying how Lou Williams had two girlfriends at the time and everything. It's Lou Williams, man. So when I heard this story, I was like, okay, I'm surprised James Harden wasn't with him. Because it was like James Harden, like his stats are like better when he's in, like when he's playing at a city that's, that has like great strip clubs. I think a strip club in Houston has his jerseys hanging up in the rafters. So that was my shocker with this story. I was like, okay, sure. I'm sure James Harden was with him, but that has yet to be confirmed. But Lou Williams quarantined for 10 days because he left Orlando to go eat dinner at Magic City. Shout out to Lou Williams. That sounds like some shit I'll do. I ain't gonna lie. And for the NBA and the WNBA, both have been speaking up for Breonna Taylor, justice for Breonna Taylor. Her killer still on the loose. That's a week-by-week week thing, it feels like now. Uh, the WNBA players, some of them been wearing her name on the back of their jerseys. Cause I think the NBA, they started to do something like that. But the WNBA, they took the charge. They have Breonna Taylor names on the back of their jerseys. And also in the WNBA, the players walked off the court during the national anthem. Like I say, the NBA and the WNBA, they're gonna show they're they like they're on the side of their players. Unlike the NFL, who I'm getting to in a minute, the NBA and WNBA, they're just gonna say it, they're gonna show it, they're gonna do it, man. No question about it. And they had a moment of silence before the game, showing pictures of Breonna Taylor. So shout out to the WNBA making their voices heard. And the NBA, multiple players at the press conferences been speaking up about it. Uh, LeBron James, of course, Marcus Smart, Caruso from the Lakers, Tobias Harris, C.J. McCullough, and Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant. They're just some of the players that spoke up at their press conferences, talking about the Breonna Taylor case, how they're going to still talk to try to talk to law enforcement in that area and try to make something happen because these killers are still out and they're posting pictures and everything is. And no type of justice has even been considered, it seemed like, in her case. So shout out to the NBA and the WNBA for speaking up and using their platforms as everybody should at this time. And as far as the, like I said, the quote-unquote season goes, it starts Thursday. Y'all know I'm a Lakers fan. My only thing with the Lakers is, of course, our role players. Of course, we got LeBron, who's in year, like, 17. We got Anthony Davis. But, man, these role players got to step up, man. We just need, like I said, we signed J.R. Smith. We got Kuzma, Caruso. I think Rondo is going to be, he's going to come back eventually from injury. But, like, I haven't looked into our roster as late. Like, I don't know the changes, if many, if many changes have happened because shit, we've just been without sports. But I just know for a fact the one thing I'm, I'm worried about with my Lakers team is the role players. That is the one thing off rip. I know. I like, man, look, it's a different, it's a different season. Like you can't just go off of, oh well, before all the shutdown, the Lakers were doing this. I can't go off of that. This is a totally different situation now, man. It's a totally it's probably like really like on some get hot at the right time type of ordeal. So anything can happen with this. And uh a team I feel like that can give a lot of people trouble is Dallas, man. Dallas with Luca, man. And those pieces they built around Luca with Porzingis, I feel like Dallas would be trouble in this type of uh, platform, this type of format. The Clippers, of course. I think even though they're our rival, Boston can make some noise. It's a totally different format, man, a totally different scene than just an 82-game season and a seven-game series playoff. This is a totally different. We've never been in no situation like this where – the season is technically starting at the end of July, like an actual season. Like I said, I don't think it should be called NBA season, the NBA finals. I would love for them to come up with like a like a COVID invitation or something, Orlando invitation or something, because it's a totally different, um, totally different uh, format that we're dealing with. Houston got to show me something still. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, 
I feel like this type of this type of format they can definitely at least in this like of course it ain't no eighty two game season, but at least show me you guys want it. Cause those are the two guys, and I feel like Durant was still being there, but of course Durant made the jump to Golden State and all that. But those two guys got to show me something in the playoffs or just this little um, this little term that we in now. And the 76ers, of course. Of course, Ben Simmons. I never met him. I never saw a player who was so – who's talked about so much and holding high regard but cannot shoot. <laughs> I can't remember the last time. Like, of course, Shaq, he was in the middle, though. Like, Shaq is not supposed to be a shooter. In 2020, you would when you see Ben Simmons, you would think, okay, at least he probably got a little mid range or something. Family like just scared to shoot, so hopefully he steps it up. Embiid steps it up. It can go in any direction, man. With this NBA, I can't go off of nothing besides what we about to watch starting Thursday. I can't go off of what I saw in January. Can't go off of what I saw in November, December. It's really like a fresh mind, like a clean slate now with these teams in Orlando. And there's so many to keep up with. You just got to wait till Thursday and then be back in the loop and just keep in tune because these games are going to come on like back-to-back, I believe, like how the um, March Madness is with college basketball. So just tune in Thursday. And uh, college football, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I mean, different conferences have yet to really announce anything, so we still got to keep in tune with that. In the NFL, man, Washington Redskins, well, formerly the Washington Washington Redskins have finally changed their name. Let's just, after about, I'll say more than a decade, let's say up to a decade, just to be for podcast purposes, let's say for a decade now, people have been saying Washington Redskins need to change their name. Whoop de whoop, y'all know the story. So after all this time of debating about changing the name and all this, they have changed their name to the Washington Football Team. How generic of a name can you get? That's like going to the uh, Madden or something and go to create a team and me putting Phoenix City, Phoenix City team. That's it, Phoenix City Football Team. Like, come on, Washington, man. Come on. Like, I don't know about the different colorway they're going to have for the logo, but, man, come on. Washington football team, and the worst part about it, it's some Ohio State players on the team who I really like because I always talked about if Haskins would have got drafted to the Giants, but he got drafted to the Redskins. Chase Young got drafted to the Redskins. Now the Washington football team, I don't know, man. I don't know, but that's what Washington has changed their name to, the Washington football team. So, And we had some cool news, man. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. will fight an eight-round exhibition match September 12th. I'm not sure if it's pay-per-view yet, how much. I didn't look into all that. But September 12th, the eight-round exhibition match between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. This is Tyson's first match since 2005. And the last Tyson fight I remember watching, because I went down to my cousin's crib, and we had like a a boxing party. It was like back in the day, I guess, 2002. Whenever he fought Lennox Lewis, that was the last. I remember that's when the whole family, we had a a boxing party. Hot wings, nachos. Like, I was a kid. I was in elementary school. That was the last Tyson fight I remember watching was the one with Lennox Lewis. So that should be cool. They named Jake Paul. I'm, I'm not sure who this Jake Paul guy is. I don't know if he's a artist, a Fortnite player, a YouTube vlogger. I don't know what he is. Him and uh, Nate Robinson, who's a former NBA player, they've been announced as an undercard match. So it should be a cool a cool night, September 12th. I'm going to try to watch it. I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's on pay-per-view or what yet, but I'm definitely trying to tune in to that. Tyson, of course, everybody's saying Tyson. They think Tyson going to get it, but, but, but the way 2020 going, I wouldn't be surprised if Roy Jones Jr. win. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, I think Tyson, because I see the videos, like everybody else see the videos, Tyson still like he got it. But the way 2020 going, bro, I wouldn't be shocked if Roy Jones Jr. win just because that's how 2020 been going. 
But if you haven't been keeping up with Mike Tyson, man, I highly advise y'all to watch his podcast on YouTube, man, called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. I think I mentioned it before in this podcast, man. Like, Tyson, like, a straight-up weed advocate. Like, real deal, Mike Tyson is a weed advocate. And his hot boxing, he had Mike Epps, Jim Jones, Wiz, uh, Holyfield, Sugar Ray. He had some of everybody on there so far, man. So check out Mike Tyson podcast. And a lot of people were saying, you know, Mike, he smokes, he smokes now. He be calm, cool. But they were like, when he step in that ring and he hear that bell, that beast may just come back out, man. That's what I'm saying. I just, I definitely need to find somewhere to watch that September 12th. So, like I said, man, the NBA will return Thursday. I, I think 6.30. I think the first game tip off. Do not quote me. I think 6.30, though. Just great to have sports back in general, man. WNBA, the NBA, MLB, NFL soon to kick off also. Great time, man. We've been without sports most of 2020. Been a crazy year. Some type of normal is coming back with sports. Glad to see it. Love to see it. Yo, another week, another playlist. This week, 10 of my favorite tracks, all produced by Harry Fraud. Make sure you guys check it out. So last week on the podcast, you guys know I talked about it, gave my prediction. DMX versus Snoop. It happened last week, last Wednesday. Great, great battle all around from start to finish. Great battle. Before I start, I did say versus. Last week, I said you could watch it on Instagram or Apple. And it was announced before the fight, not before the fight, before the battle that they signed the deal with Apple. Now you can watch all the past um versus battles on demand i'm not sure if the quality is the same i'm sure it is because they, they can't go back and do it so it's just cool to have those on demand but i'm sure they're still available on youtube also people screen record all type of stuff but shout out to swiss beats and timberland they really took this from jazz being in the crib during quarantine them two starting it off just playing their records on instagram live and it just went off from there so shout out to those two guys and everybody involved with Versus. Even the people they get for Versus, you just be like, wow, like Snoop DMX, Teddy Riley, Babyface. You know what I'm saying? It's, not, it's just not like no people you can find just chilling. Like you got to like, damn, how the hell y'all get in contact with Babyface and Teddy Riley and getting them to do this on Instagram for free that we know of for free. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to that whole Versus squad, Versus team, making culture what it is really. But this versus battle, man, DMX Snoop easily just broke the bracket for my favorite versus battle. I know I say that probably every other versus battle, but this easily became my favorite one. So it's DMX Snoop for me. Per- this is me personally. DMX Snoop, Jonte Austin and Neo, Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Erica Badu and Jill Scott or and or Teddy Riley Babyface. Because, and then the other ones, like other people talk about, I probably just did not watch those. But I know a lot of people love the, it was Bounty Killer. It was Bounty Killer versus Beanie Man. Somebody hit me up and told me that. A lot of people love that battle, but I just didn't watch that battle when it happened that night. So this DMS Snoop, man, from start to finish, like I say, it started with Snoop real deal saying, damn, these chicken strips good. <laughs> hey, DMS, you want some of these strips, nigga? <laughs> And it's like, nah, man, I'm cool. I got some Kool-Aid. He like, shit, I got some Nihilators, though. And Snoop like, oh, shit, let me get one of these Nihilators. Like, it really did start like that. So I knew. I was like, okay, cool. We in for a great night. Y'all know I had Snoop winning. We, it, was, it was in Snoop Dogg Studio in, like, a spaceship of some sort, basically. DMS looked healthy. And I think that was a lot of people love. Like, I saw X before this battle. Like, not in real life. Like, I saw him on the internet before this battle. And I saw he had gained some weight. So, I was like, okay, people going to love to see DMX with some good weight on him. You know what I'm saying? So, that was great to see. And really, bro, the battle was just two hours worth of just bat-to-bat bangers. 
like from start to finish. Like even like last week I came in, I was like, yeah, Snoop got doggy style, Snoop got chronic, Snoop got chronic 2000, Snoop got features. Snoop was just playing Snoop. I think he played probably one or two features. He played the C-Murder feature, which I love when he played that. And I think he played another feature. But for the most part, it was just Chronic, Doggy Style, and little Spidey records here and there. DMX played straight DMX. I think DMX played one Potsy Cut record. But DMX played straight DMX. And I want to apologize to DMX. I had Snoop winning. Out of 20 records, I'll say Snoop probably got, if I had to pick, I'll say Snoop probably got 11 out of 9. Maybe. But personally, I feel like most of those rounds could have been a tie. I can't pick between, I can pick between slipping and murder was the case because personally, I'm more of a murder was the case guy. But that is slipping. I know for a fact I had that one round, um, the C-Murderverse, Snoop Dogg C-Murderverse, and DMS played Money Cash Hoes. That was a tie for me because personally, I love fucking Jay-Z Volume 2 album. Like, that's my one of my favorite Jay-Z albums is Volume 2. So I can't, and then C-Murder, you can hear that in the hood, at college, in the whip. That's just a classic Southern uh, Southern song, so I had that as a tie, but I could see anybody else picking, especially after song ten, like from ten to twenty. Most of those songs could have been ties, but the only difference is Snoop. Like I say, DMX, love DMX. You're not beating no doggy style records. You're not beating the Chronic records. He didn't even Snoop didn't even play some of the songs I thought he was gonna play. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me just go down this list, man. Everything just flowed perfectly. Like I said, I think Swiss Beats probably made up DMX 20 songs. Everything flowed perfectly. Like, that was like a perfect playlist of Snoop Dogg and DMX. DMX songs, the way, I guess, like I said, I'm guessing Swiss Beats did it. The way he had that organized, man, that was just perfect. Snoop Dogg up dancing the DMX records that get it on the floor. Snoop Dogg was just jamming. He was sea walking. He was doing the little Snoop Dogg dance the whole time. I told people, I was like, bro, this not, I don't think nobody expected Snoop Dogg to walk in there and be petty to DMX or DMX to be petty to Snoop. That respect runs deep, man. And it, DMX told Snoop, like, the song Get At Me, Dog." DMX was like, yo, I met you. I met you back then, and you told me before we left, uh, get at me, dog, and that inspired the song. So you inspired me, and of course, you know Snoop Dogg, DMX. You know DMX always had dogs around him, so Snoop inspired DMX to an extent. So it was just love the whole two hours. Um, <laughs> Freddie Gibbs made a tweet, and it was like uh, DMX, like yo, we gotta take a break real quick. So they took like a little intermission, and Freddie Gibbs tweeted. Hell no, nah, these niggas took a shit break <laughs> for the versus battle. So that shit was funny. Uh, DMX, man, DMX did, in my opinion, DMX scored a four or five point, uh, five points on one song, man. With that, what these, what these bitches want? DMX, that second verse, he remember all the names, bro. He remember all, bro. When I say. I was yelling at that second verse when he was naming the names. Because that was another thing I told y'all last week. I said, if DMS get up with that microphone and start performing, that's going to get him the edge just off performance Why? Because Snoop been performing for 20, 25 years. Snoop does this on the regular. Snoop Dogg, he performs Anyway, he goes to Vegas. He go. He's in L.A. He at the festivals. Snoop performs, but DMX when he got on that mic, bro, every song and start rapping it. Man, you just love to see it. You just love to see it. And me personally, when he named all those names in that second verse, I lost it. And then he came back with, "How's it going down after that song?" 
So DMS, the way he had his records set up, was perfect in my opinion. And Snoop, the only, the only low, not low point, but the only one I can say DMS got for a fact, Snoop messed up with this one. He played the East Side of song. He played the wrong one though. He should have played G'd up. How you not play G'd up if you playing the East Siders, bruh? That was all like you like, yeah, I had this group called the East Siders. I was like, oh shit, G'd up about to come on. But it wasn't G'd up. I was like, no, Snoop, that should have been G'd up, bruh. Come on, man. You gotta play G'd up if you go play an East Siders record. But he didn't play it. So I know that round for a fact. I, th- I think DMS got that round for a fact. But all in all, man, y'all can hear it in my voice with this battle. It was just a great time, man. It was just a great time. Snoop played the two of America's Most Wanted. He played What's My Name. He played Jenny Juice. He played Next Episode. DMS played What's My Name. He played How's It Going Down. He played uh, Where uh, the Hood At. He played Rough Riders Anthem. So it was just a great time all around, man. It's going to be hard for anybody to top this battle. I'm seeing now they're saying Keisha Cole called out Ashanti. They said a lot of people, especially from the South, we ready for that No Limit Cash Money. And speaking of No Limit Cash Money, man, Wednesday night on BET, the No Limit Chronicles start. It's like a, I don't know, I think like a five-part series, No Limit Chronicles. It should be great. If you haven't already, check out the Death Row Chronicles. That was amazing how they portrayed excuse me how they portrayed it it's like a it's like a mini it's a mini series docu-series like it's not actors playing like they're not gonna have an actor playing master p i don't think they're just gonna have them telling the story like from a different angle than you normally hear so i'm definitely ready for that the no limit chronicles uh also they were saying usher and chris brown also Usher Chris Brown, but man, this versus battle with Snoop and DMX. When I say it was real deal, two hours worth of just back to back bangers, it was two hours worth of back to back bangers. Like Snoop was dancing, D- shit, DMX was dancing to uh when Snoop was performing Ain't No Fun. You can see DMS in his chair getting down. Like that shit was just fun, man. That was like a great, great versus battle. Like from the songs to the energy to the stories to the admiration of both of those guys to each other, man, the respect level. That was just fun to watch, man. Shout out to uh Snoop Homeboy Battlecat. He was DJing it. And I think they say Swiss Beats was over there helping him, uh not helping him, but just standing by him at the DJ booth. So it was just great to see all around, man. I definitely enjoyed watching that versus battle. My favorite so far. Easily top three in anybody's versus battles so far. And hopefully they just keep up the keep up the momentum. I'm sure now they're probably gonna either try to lock in Keisha Cole, Ashanti, or maybe Usher Chris Brown, because you can't go another rap one after this. They gotta let the rap battle chill after this one. At least go back to songwriters or producers. Because nobody, no rappers cannot do verses after the DMS Snoop. Y'all got to wait another three battles to even consider rappers again. Unless it's No Limit Cash Money. That's the only battle I'm waiting on now, No Limit Cash Money. After this one, because that was just amazing. Two hours worth of bangers. So shout out to the Versus team, Snoop Dogg, DMS. They definitely put on the show last Wednesday night. That's a fact. All right, yo, so over the weekend, man, my boy Currency came back. The Outrunners with Harry Fraud, producer Harry Fraud. They already, man, that's just great That's just great chemistry, man. All around, no other way to say it. Great chemistry. And I ain't figured it out till Saturday night, man. I was just vibing, listening to it. It's really a Currency Harry Fraud trilogy. Like, if you want to call it the South Beach trilogy, the Miami Beach trilogy, the boat drug smuggling trilogy i don't know what they call it but it's a trilogy they had cigarette boats come out what 2012 one of the greatest projects ever i don't care if it's only five songs that cigarette boats project is one of the greatest projects ever just five songs but it's amazing 
the Marina EP. I think that came out 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, the Outrunners. Just everything. It's a trilogy from currency lyrics about the beach and the boat, all that, to especially Harry Frost's production. Like, cigarette boats sound like Scarface, like some Scarface type of beats. The Marina, straight beach vibes, and Outrunners, same way. So I call it the Harry Frog Currency Trilogy, South Beach Trilogy, Miami Beach Trilogy. But I figured it out Saturday while I was listening to it. But the Outrunners, man, just nine records, features, Wiz on a feature, Rick Ross, Conway, and, of course, Unk, Jim Jones. Bruh, Rick Ross got to drop a little EP, man. With all these little EPs coming out from rappers and uh, R&B singers, Rick Ross been at the at the crib. I ain't gonna say at the crib. Rick Ross been on a hundred and four acres of land in quarantine for months. I know Ross sitting on some shit. With this feature that he killed, of course the Freddie Gibbs feature he killed, and the Tiana Taylor feature he killed. I know Ross can give us at least ten good little tracks, man. I feel like Ross sitting on some shit. You can't just be on a hundred four acres of land during the quarantine and not have shit ready to just put out. So hopefully Ross drops something soon, man. But with this Outrunners currency, of course the Ross feature I enjoyed. I I, I love uh Golden and Chrome. That was like a mature uh, currency song. I hate saying mature currency because he always spit real shit, but this one was like way more deeper than a normal currency record. Uh, the track with Conway, probably my favorite so far. I just love to see Currency tapping in with the niggas I fuck with now. Like, I've been fucking with Currency for over a decade. And to see him tap in with uh, Benny and Westside Gun, Conway, of course, him and Freddie Gills always link up. Him and Larry June be linking up. Smoke Dizzle still around. Like, just seeing everybody I fuck with, fuck with each other in music, Alchemist, Harry Fraud, Derringer. Even the producers, like, I just love to see that. And I like, okay, at least I know the ones I listen to are solid. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, you don't got to worry about them going on no Twitter rants, no shit like that. They just let the music speak for themselves. They get their money, take care of their family, their kids, and do what they got to do. And their music content is always up to par. So I just love to see Currency fucking with what's going on right now. But... What I also learned about this project, it may be an instant classic if you're a Currency fan. You know, Currency have those projects. He has the Cigarette Boats, of course, Pilot Talks, Weekend at Bernie's. Gran Turismo last year, I think, was an instant classic from him. Uh, more Saturday Night Cartoons, Covert Cooper, of course. He just have those Currency cult fan base classics, and I think this eventually is going to be one. Just because I heard it, I was listening to it so much over the weekend. I was like, yo, just the beat selection from Harry Fraud and the content Currency speaking on. Like I said, Currency, the only rapper I will allow to talk about the same thing for 10 years and get away with it. Anybody else, you can get one or two albums in. But 10 years? Nah, fam. But Currency, he can get away with it for 10 years. I'm perfectly fine with him rapping about cars, women, Weed, jewelry, clothes, and just his lifestyle in general. His family, he got a kid now. He throws um, he throws his kid in the songs now and everything. It's just like real deal, day-to-day raps. Like, yo, I go to the store, I'm in the drive-thru, go back to the crib, play Madden, step out at night, security holding the line. I give him some money to skip the line. I go in there, have a few drinks. Look at something that's looking at something that look good. Probably get her number. Probably take her home. Probably get her number. May not even text her. Like just be regular shit that I really enjoy listening to. Like you're like okay shit. I I I can, you know what I'm saying. I can relate to that. I can go to the drive through. I'm bumping Wayne, old Wayne in the drive through. I'm cleaning my car at the car wash. I'm vacuuming my whip, making sure my whip clean. You know what I'm saying? I'm just doing, he doing regular shit. He's talking about regular shit. He's not overdoing it. He's not saying, yo, I'm flying private. 
on every track or nothing like that. He ain't talking about all that. He not doing it to a he not doing it to a meat meal extent. He keeping it to where anybody can relate to it. From a dude from Phoenix City can relate to it, to a white boy in Nebraska can probably relate to it. So I always just fuck with currency, man. And another thing I figured out from this project with me personally, as a currency fan, me personally, when currency come out, cause currency been dropping consistently for years. That's another thing. When I say you talking about the same shit for 10 years, it's been consistent projects. You know, out of a year, you're going to get three, maybe four currency projects. Real talk, no exaggeration. I think but when he was in like Fly Society days, like his early days when he first left Wayne, he was dropping a mixtape every month. And of course, now he's slowed down, but I feel like every other month he's talking about another project coming out. So for a person to drop so many projects, but when he drop, if currency come out tomorrow and say, appreciate y'all love for the Outrunners mixed Outrunners EP with Heavy Fraud, it's all love. In September, I got another project coming out called Blankety Blank. I'm like, okay, cool. He got another project coming out September, cool, called Blankety Blank. But if he come out and say, appreciate y'all, I got another project coming out in September. Me and Alchemist back at it. That's a different type of feeling. I'm listening to that with way different ears than I am any other project. So when Currency say, yo, I got a project with Alchemist coming out, my ear is going to be different listening to it. I'm expecting more from this project because it's with Alchemist. If we say, yo, I got this project with Harry Fraud, I'm listening to it different because I know him and Harry Fraud, they got classes together. So I'm listening to it different. And of course, if you say, yo, I got another pilot talk coming out, of course, that's his baby. That's his that's his baby right there, the pilot talk. So I know I'm listening to that with a different ear. So like I said a couple weeks ago, when he come out with these 808 Mafia projects, that's cool because it's currency. I know currency going to talk some shit. But I love the Harry Fraud currency. I love the Alchemist, Ski Beats, Monster Beats, that formula, like his his formula, I love that currency way more than I do on the Trappity Trap beats. That's just me personally. And even Cardo, Cardo Got Wings, Sledgering, those are the type of currency records that get me. But of course, he's currency. He's going to talk his shit on any beat you give him. But a pilot talk, an Alchemist project, or a Harry Fraud project, I'm listening to that with different ears. So shout out to Currency and Harry Fraud for the Outrunners. I think it may be an instant classic for currency fans, his fan base. I love it. I love it, man. And speaking of Harry Fraud, I saw a, a Benny interview over the weekend. And Benny said he got Plus I Met 2 with Harry Fraud. Plus I Met 1 came out last year. Definitely check that out. And uh, going back to currency real quick, since I've talked about Plus I Met, it's only nine records, man. I've been enjoying these rappers with these nine, ten record uh, EPs. Like Freddie Gibbs had one. Conway been dropping some. Uh, I think Westside had more than nine, ten, but it's still so it's concise. It's it's not no 25 songs. It's very concise and straight to the point. I'm enjoying those type of projects also. But Benny announced, plus I met two coming with Harry Fraud soon. I can't wait to hear that. And he announced he got a project coming out in September with Hit Boy. So I'm definitely waiting for some new Benny to come out. And this weekend, actually, his uh, Black Soprano family dropping their project Friday with DJ Drama. I definitely can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to hear some new Benny. That Benny Harry Fraud shit gonna be crazy, man. I cannot wait to hear that. And Benny said he has three albums ready. They just need to be green-lighted. So <laughs> that should just tell you with how he going to end the year out. So just get ready for some new Benny. Like Westside Gun been dropping. Conway been dropping. But y'all know how Benny go come, man. Benny stay hungry. I can't wait. I cannot wait. When he said plus, I met two going to be with Harry Fraud. And after hearing Harry Fraud with Currency on the Outrunners, I could only imagine how Benny about to act a fool on them beats, man. So I can't wait to hear that. And of course, man, the boy J. Cole. J. Cole dropped off a two-pack, Lewis Street. I like to call it, I guess, the Lewis Street two-pack. The Climb Back. 
and Lion King on Ice, two records. Uh, the Climb Back is all produced by Cole. Cause you know Cole made beats, so the Climb Back is produced by Cole, and the Lion King on Ice track is produced by Cole, Jetson May, and T Minus. Uh, cool records. I'm not going even front of y'all. I'm gonna go right to the straight to the point. I love these two records way more than I did that damn Middle Child. Y'all tried to force that Middle Child on me, bro. I'm like, fam. Like I came on the podcast, I said, yo. Cole can rap. I'm not looking for when I hear a new Cole song. Like, oh, let me see what I know. Cole, let me see how he rapping on this. Cole can rap. I'm not shocked when I hear Cole rapping. It's just when Cole get on those hooks, and that hook just sounded too radio commercial, and I'm like, ugh. And then during that time, he had the whole I'm writing names, checking my notes, all this. I'm thinking, oh shit, he about to come firing on niggas and then we got that and i was like uh and then he put it on the dreamville album and i was like oh cool are you, uh. i did not like that middle child i did not like middle child bro y'all tried to force it on me i did not fuck with middle child like that but these records i definitely fuck with the climb back i love that damn beat man i love that beat for the climb back i love that beat man um but yeah, Cole just talking his shit, bro. I mean, what you can't, what else you expect from Cole, man? Cole talks his shit. Like he's gonna do that regardless, whether it's about Black Lives Matter movement or he just want to put some shit out. He's gonna talk his shit, man. And I'm glad he did this because that snow on the bluff record he dropped a couple weeks ago that was very in the moment. I don't like in the moment Cole. I like Cole records I can go back to. And that snow on the bluff, I don't think I'm ever going to visit that because it's just so in the moment. But these two records, I think he said these two records going to be on his album later this year called The Fall Off. I think he announced this album last year, if I'm not, not mistaken, at a concert in Vegas. I think he had like the election, the election uh, theme to go with it called The Fall Off. I think it's supposed to be at the end of this end of this year, but of course with everything going on, I wouldn't be surprised if he pushed that date up a little bit. Uh, Drake dropped two pro- two uh, records with Khaled the other week also called Grease and Popstar. They were decent. I just hate that the, that Khaled name was attached to him, honestly. Like, I enjoyed those two Drake records, but the fact that Khaled name was attached to him, I didn't really talk to, talk about on the podcast, but those records was all right, too. Uh, probably nothing I'd go back to. But speaking of Cole, um, with this new album coming out, The Fall Off, eventually sometime this year, I would love for him to have more Dreamville features. Like the Dreamville Deluxe that came out was more Dreamville-based than the actual Dreamville project, which I enjoy both. But for this Cole project, I would love for him and Luke to have a record together on Dreamville-type beats too. Like the Dreamville vibe, I would, I think him and Luke, can make a great record together from Dreamville. Of course, Cole and J.I.D., like, they had a one record together, but they were just rapping, uh, get on my dick, get on my dick. Like that, I like, fam, get J.I.D. and Cole on the Dreamville type of beat that's slow with a good little sample to it, have fucking Ari Lennox in the background doing vocals. Man, I, that's what I want for this new Cole. I want him to have some Dreamville features. And just him, of course, talking his shit like he always do. Like, Cole can rap. Cole can make great albums. I know that. But I just, with those top-tier guys, like, I'm I'm real specific now. Like, I just want Cole, I really want Cole to have some Dreamville features on this new album. Like, you did the Dreamville sessions last year saying, you know, you want to fuck with niggas and all that. But this one need to have your camp on it, man. Dream, like, J. Cole and Luke on a great record together. J.I.D. and Cole. She could throw Cars and Boss on a record together. You can throw Earth Gang on one. Like, it don't got to be nothing but Dreamville. Like, you can have just Cole also, but I guess a good little 13 to 15 records probably. Throw some Dreamville artists on there, and the rest can be just Cole because, you know, Cole don't do features, but if you're going to have features, at least have Dreamville artists on the, that's what I want, man. 
That's exactly what I want from this new Cole album. Now, if I don't get it, cool, but don't have fucking somebody on there who I don't care about on there. At least have Dreamville artists on there. Then I'll be like, all right, cool. At least have those features. But we know how Cole operate when it comes to albums, so we'll see. But these two records, man, I mean, you can't complain. It's Cole rapping. We enjoy Cole rapping. You just give me a good beat. Like I said, the climb back, that beat had me from the jump. So I'm an easy sell, bro. <laughs> I'm an easy sell. That first five seconds, if you get a good little sample on the beat, I'm already in tune. If you get like a good little harmonizing sample on the beat, I'm in tune. I'm an easy sell, man. But Cole going to rap. We know Cole going to rap. He does it very well. He does it better than a lot of people. But that new album, The Fall Off, I do want to hear some Dreamville features. Specifically, Luke and J.I.D. On Dreamville type of beats. Or J. Cole produced type beats. That's what I want to see. That's all really these two songs got me ready for. It's his album. But I'm sure I heard that it was supposed to be at the end of this year. But I'm positive they they probably push it up because he dropped two songs. So I wouldn't be shocked they pushed the date up. But shout out to Cole, man. Lewis Street Tupac, The Climb Back, and King Lion King on Ice. Benny announced a project coming in September with Hit Boy. And soon, plus I met two with Harry Fraud. I cannot wait for that. Uh, his Black Soprano family, they dropped their project with DJ Drama this Friday. Make sure you guys check that out. And Currency Harry Fraud, I think personally an instant classic with the Outrunners. Dope, dope project, man. Dope, dope project. Currency. He's been serving for 10 years. 10 years plus for real. Foot still on the pedal, man. Like, he new to the game. Always got to respect it. Hey, I want to appreciate y'all for tuning in. This has been episode 84 of Stash House Podcast. Make sure you guys go out. Have a great week. Stay safe. Be mindful of the situation going on in the world. Keep me in your prayers. I do the same for y'all. Same time next week. Salute.